This week on the Podland Trailcasters. Testing, testing, testing. Testing, testing. That's not good. Hey guys, how's it going? Hey, what's up KJ, how you doing? It's just me in here right now, I'm waiting on Chris. Gotcha, okay. Uh, how are you doing? What's going on? Uh, I'm confused. Uh, I thought I was doing unbiased, but I'm doing the Trailcasters? Uh, no, no, this is just me and Chris setting up our own episode that we're about to record. Unbiased might be in the other, uh, server. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, you, you, you talked to me like you expected me to show up, so I'm just like, wait, what? Oh, no, 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 I mean, like, I, I just figured it's one of those things that'll happen with sometimes when we're going to use the, uh, Discord server for actually doing the recordings, is that sometimes people might just pop in and say hello, so I was like, hey, oh. what's up, man? <laughs> Yeah, uh, right. no. so, uh, good, good luck on the show, and uh, give my best to Chris. Mike, test, 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 test. We ready to do this podcast? Hey, what's up, Alex? Uh, this is Keith. Yeah, we ready? We good to go? <laughs> Me and Jay hopped in here. <laughs> I figured that. I love it. <laughs> uh, all right, man. Have a good night. Good luck on your That's podcast. That's hilarious. What a day, what a day, what a day. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah, just busy. Well, you sounded good on a, on the radio. I always sound good on the radio. I'm professional. <laughs> I was like, why is my camera not on? Why is your camera not on? My camera is on, but it's not registering. What? Oh, Discord. Let me go to my settings. Does this it mean great. they're going to trade them? No, it doesn't mean they're going to trade them, but they're in a good position if they have to come January. <laughs> Also, our Discord didn't disappoint. Uh, I, I asked for any questions that people might want to ask the Blazers, and they asked some pretty good questions. You cost my house 200 bucks. You know that? What? You. That is you. value. Everyone talks about the NBA's relationship with China. You know why they have a relationship with China? Freaking money. Money. Money, right? <laughs> I started Witcher number one the other day just for you, so. Nice. Nice one. Epic series. Shout out to Seth. It's way more epic than Cyberpunk. All right, let's go. I'm ready. All right. Three, two, one. Let's roll. <laughs> Hello, Rips. Oh, sorry, I forgot that you do that. You can do it. Do it. It no, sounds you great. You got it. No, you got it. Go. Sounds good in the record. All right, we're ready. Cool. All righty. And let's go with the three, two, one. Beautiful. Hello, Rip City, to all of you in town and out of town and in every corner of the interwebs. Thank you for tuning in. Here with you from Hood River, my name is Keith Feltner-Smith, and here with me, the on-time, usually, Hawaiian, the master of segues, Mr. Professional, and I mean that part sincerely because he is back, listeners. He is back on the inside, back in the business, back in the game, fresh off today's episode of Rip City Radio with Chad doing Christopher Joseph Burkhardt. What is up, my friend? It is so good to see you. Oh, thank you. It's been so long. It's been like a month since we've been here. My goodness. Woo! feels good My to get that goodness. intro in again. It feels good to yes, get all that Yes, it does. At you. Yeah, and for those of you wondering <laughs> what the hell is going on, part of the reason we've had a little hiatus here is I have to juggle my schedule around because now I'm like a big, bad, awesome dude who does radio things. He's back. I'm, yes, that's right. I'm working for Rip City Radio 620, home of your Portland Trailblazers. And as I put in our Discord, exclusive content in the Discord, because I mentioned it in the Discord before I put it on Twitter, and there's other news that I'm going to sit here, uh, announce here on the podcast that I still haven't put on Twitter or Facebook or anywhere else, but it was exclusive to our Discord. So you get exclusive content when you join the Trailblazers Discord. Trailcasters Discord, but Trailblazers. Yeah. Uh, as a new member of Rip City Radio 620, currently learning just to produce shows and all that. I've been sitting in, hosting some shows with uh, Chad Doing and hey, Dwight James, which hey. is wonderful. But once the Blazers season starts, which is like two, three weeks away, preseason's right around the corner, guys. I'm going to be helping Chad doing produce and co-host the fifth quarter. So we're going to be doing some work on our pregame show and as well as the postgame show. So there's going to be plenty of Chris Burkhart to go around. I'm going to share it with everybody. 
but that hey, for those of you who don't know, I mean, fifth quarter is a great post game show. It's a call in show, so hell, you guys can call in. We can have some fun. Um, so give that a listen. And the exclusive, exclusive content that is not out for the world yet is on October 10th. A brand new show will be debuting on Rip City Radio, kind of a hybrid of a former show, because as you know, uh, uh, over the summer, Trailblazers Courtside aired its last episode after a very, very long, successful run as a Trailblazers premiere TV and radio show. But a spinoff of that will be Courtside Monday, hosted by Chris Burkhart on Rip City Radio every Monday that the Blazers do not play from 6 to 7 on your radio waves, on the iHeart app. All you have to do is walk over to your Echo device and say, Alexa, play Rip City Radio. And guess what? Boom, radio show is going to be on. We're going to talk Blazers. Hopefully get some players on, some, you know, maybe I'll get Cronin on one day. Either way, uh, some great, great opportunities for myself, if I don't say so myself, uh, to go work there with Chad and (laughs) Dwight and be the voice of reason, since I know that all the listeners love those two. I gotta be, I gotta be the one there at Rip City Radio that you all love. But uh, all joking aside, I, I owe, holy smokes, holy smokes, do I owe Chad doing so much because he gave me a lot of chances when we were working together at NBC uh, to be on the radio, and now I'm in the building. I, I laughed with him today because I was like, the biggest mistake you ever made, Chad, was giving me a key card to get in the building because now I'm, I, 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 I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. And it worked out because today was optional. Like I have to be there on Thursday and Friday to produce the show. And then the rest of the week, I kind of make my own schedule. I'm like, well, I'm just going to keep showing up every single day, no matter what. So I showed up today and he's like, well, Dwight has to leave early. Uh, You just want to join me for the last two hours and co-host the show with me? I'm like, yes. Yes, I do. (laughs) And so co-host the show with him, man. And, And it's great. It's just like what we do here. Honestly, a lot of credit to you as well, Keith, because for the last year getting able to uh, do this podcast, I mean, it allowed me to continue to refine my skills and just get used to that playful banter that you have when when you're doing a podcast or on radio. So, yeah, man, it's it's a great, great experience there. Hopefully leads to some really cool things down the road, but it's already leading to some great things because, hell, you guys get to tune into the radio on your drive home from the Rose Garden and listen to me. Look, I... I go on vacation for what was, what was supposed to be like a week and a half. It became two weeks. Then uh, <laughs> we, I, 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 we, we were going to record last week, and you had a family thing, and then I had a thing, and then you had a thing. It was back and forth. And now we finally get together, like you said, about a month later, and you've got not one but multiple jobs. You're, you're back in. Listeners, like Chris said, the, the, the big thing is join the Discord. Come and get the exclusive news. Chris, uh, breaking all this news over on Discord and here on Trailcasters uh, before he brings it to the big guns over at Rip, uh, Rip City Radio. But yeah, and as a quick man. reminder, because awesome. I, I I trust uh, Keith's Keith is not out of practice and will turn this podcast over in a quick quick manner. Okay. <laughs> is that what I do? Is that is that yeah, what is that what that I hope so. Here? But for those oh, okay. of you listening on uh, Sunday afternoon when this actually drops on Monday the twenty sixth, <laughs> again this is more exclusive Discord content. So come join the Trailcaster Discord. Woo-hoo! On Monday the twenty sixth, I will be filling in for Chad on Rip City Drive. Okay. What does that mean? Usually you're like, okay, cool. You're hosting the radio show. What, what no, is Monday the 26th, no. Chris? What's, what's Monday the 26th is Trailblazers Media Day. So bright and early, about 7 a.m. in the morning, I will be at Moda setting up, ready to interview Dame and Ant and Nurk and all the other Blazers that are going to come through to our table to uh, record for the show that day. So if you join the Discord, pop a question in there. I will do my best to maybe ask those questions. As I said in the Discord, I promise nothing. I do have integrity. I can't just ask all your questions and look like a buffoon. But if the time is right, I will definitely try to throw some. So can you ask uh, Can you ask Simons for me what he thinks of the nickname uh, Penny? If you ever needed more of a reason to come and join the Discord than the awesome fun times that we have, all the other podcasters in there, the cool connections for homemade merch and the swag and uh the third bench ticket group that's gonna be going on the live episodes with the the pod here coming and guessing with us coming and chatting with us if you needed any more reasons than that chris burkhardt is hooking you up with all the exclusives. you do know <laughs> the third bench is gonna love this i know the third bench they're, they're they they listen they're our number one listeners thanks to you you cost my house 200 bucks you know that what you that is you, value you personally cost my house two hundred dollars. How? <laughs> what did I do? Well, how did I cost? Because oh, your because house? because you were so kind to offer my family 
<laughs> tickets to a Portland Thorns game. That's and right. now my oldest is enrolled in soccer because nice. she's oh. like, Dad, I want to play soccer. I want to play excellent. soccer. She started yeah. her. She started soccer. Played her very first. Had her very first practice in her very first uh, game two two weeks ago. And it's kind of more like a rec league. It's not like a regular league where they practice X times a week and then play. Like they show up, practice sure, for yeah. about a half hour, then they play a game. They're young. They're playing on you know a quarter of a field. But seriously, it was because of going to that Thorns game that my kid was like, I want to play soccer. I want to play soccer, Dad. So you cost my <laughs> you cost my family money, but you cost my family money for good reason. So That's thank you, Portland man. Thorns, as well. Hey. This is this is a side note. This is why I absolutely love the fact that Portland supports its nwsl team like no other uh except according to the san diego team who just set the all-time record for attendance so providence park needs to add oh. another ten thousand seats so they can beat that again um, it'll happen another extension no. goes on the other side yeah but because they support their team so well and give uh i, I hate using the term female athletes because they're athletes like female male they're just athletes mm -hmm. uh but because they support women's sports so well like i was stoked as a as a girl dad to go to that game and show my kids that you don't have to be a guy to go be an athlete. You can still get pe like, you can still do whatever the hell you want to do. And it shows the power that these teams have. And this is why I'm very, very much in favor of the WNBA. So I can take my girls to go watch and say, if you love basketball, go play it, babe. And so, yeah, a big thanks to you, honestly, Keith, because seriously, she fell in love with soccer from that Thorns game. I figured you'd appreciate that. I'm, I'm glad I cost you $200. Uh, and, uh, in a good way. In an absolute yeah. good way. An absolute good way. No, and, and that, that's fantastic. I can't wait to, to hear more about that. So, so I got it's, ahead it's of myself. There. I got ahead of myself, but just like, I think we should just dive right into love, hugs, and hate mail, because that, that was my that love. That was my love. Okay, that's perfect. My love was going off. to you oh, for, for, oh. for, for, for giving my, my child love of soccer so early on well chris i gotta be honest uh <clears throat> the i i had two loves on my list today and the first love the top of my page when i come over to the screen here uh was going towards chris working at rip city radio so congratulations to us all the love going around it's good to see you again and and be back here podcasting again trailcasters uh taking a month off well i guess that's that's the first first month in the last year right but man it, it was too yeah. long I almost uh, wore my Trailcaster shirt to the studio the other day, but I'm like, eh. oh, I've only totally been there should. for like two weeks. Do I self-promote yet? <laughs> Get it in there, yeah. <laughs> Media Day. Media Day is coming up. There you go. So then you can you can tell Simons about it and segue right into the awesome nickname campaign. <laughs> I, uh, I hate to break it to you. Let's do some more love hugs and hate mail. We both had one love out there. Sending some more love to uh, Becky Hammond and the Las Vegas Aces. Becky Hammond, who was almost the Blazers head coach, went much further with her first season in WNBA. Uh, she she was the first WNBA head coach to win a title in her debut season since the inaugural season, obviously, when whoever won was their first season. Uh, this is also the first championship for a for Vegas in any major sport. And, you know, the uh, the whole uh, the lack of coaching experience that Becky Hammond had really, uh, really showed. Uh, when she was uh, uh, holding that trophy up there on the in the middle court for the for the Aces, don't you think, Chris? I almost think it's better that she didn't get the Blazer job because, considering the season that happened, do you right. know how detrimental it would be to future females getting a job if she was thrown into the job that Chauncey had, where your, your team's point. rebuilding, everything happens, and you go you go win freaking what twenty games? She would instantly be like, oh yeah, she can't do it, she can't right. do it. But Chauncey doesn't get that narrative. Uh, because he gets the benefit of the doubt of being an NBA champ. And obviously everyone saw through it, but uh, they saw what the Blazers were doing. And I think everyone would see what they were doing if Becky Hammond were the coach too. But you know how trolls like to be. They would have found a way to, to hate on it. And I said something in our Discord the other day, and I'm so glad that our Discord understands our train of thought and was kind of on the same page because it could be um, controversial. But I, I hope she never gets an NBA. If she wants it, by all means. If she wants it, by all means. Go get it. I just don't want to continue to push this narrative that Becky Hammond needs the NBA to prove herself. She just proved herself. She won a freaking championship. Yeah. In the WNBA, the highest level of, of female basketball in the world. She went and won a championship. And I also think, do you know how detrimental it would be to the WNBA if one of its most marketable faces? So if one of your most marketable faces, who happens to be a coach, leaves for the WNBA, or leaves for the NBA, what does that do to the growth of the WNBA?
because it sends this weird it sends this weird message that the WNBA wasn't good enough. I needed to go to the NBA to prove myself. Right. And then you're gonna have so many other coaches who want to try to do the same thing. So I hope I hope she doesn't. I hope she stays in the WNBA and continues to build a pop like legacy there with Las Vegas and wins multiple championships and goes down as the greatest WNBA head coach of, of all time and in the process lends validity to that sport and helps grow it in a way that it hadn't been grown before. I think Becky Hammond, even if she might be the most uh, talented female coach in the sport, which I don't think she is. I think Don Staley is myself. But even if she might be the most NBA-ready head coach, I think she's more valuable to the growth of the NBA than she would ever be in the NBA. The only difference is more more valuable to the WNBA. Yeah, excuse they're, me, they're, more valuable to the WNBA. I'm sorry. I, no, I got you. You're good. Now. <laughs> um, yeah, there's there's obviously the paycheck in the NBA and a certain notoriety, just like the the, the face value, like you're talking about. But I'm totally with you, man. It, it's trying to grow MLS, and you have players that the best players in MLS could suddenly get picked up by uh, uh, leagues over in Europe and going overseas because it's a bigger game over there exactly and so you would argue that you would prefer the mls and the nwsl to find ways to get its own talent talent. grow that talent and hold that talent and then maybe go get uh uh zlatan right or 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 a rooney bring them right and go get or or a beckham and go get them when they're still in their prime not when they're past their prime yeah right (laughs) they're past their prime but still become the best player in mls because of the the talent gap the gap no you want to grow that and make your league the best and that's what the wmba wmba needs to do with becky hammond so again i know I, i know that at first glance that take can be controversial but it comes with uh it comes from a good place i hope she doesn't go to the nba because i think she can do more to grow that sport than almost anybody. She might go down as one of the most important pieces in the history of the WNBA. She's, she's in a pretty good spot to do it if she does stick around. The, the Aces are a young core. They've got a good team. And obviously coming off the, the title right now, it's not going to be, uh, not gonna be uh, unexpected for them to kind of you know, just, just keep it going. Yeah. Uh, oh, they're not going anywhere. Right. <laughs> they're not going it. They are talented. <laughs> How about your hugs, Chris? Where are your hugs going this week? I'm giving my hug to Chad Doing. I haven't got to give him a hug yet, but That's you know, all hug. that all that stuff we talked about, Rip City Radio, my new gig, a lot of that is thanks to him. So a big hug to my boy Chad Doing. That counts. My hug is going to uh, Blazers legend Didi Lozada. He was dropped <laughs> by the Blazers just a little while ago. Uh, no offense to Didi, no disrespect really, although he didn't really have much of a role here uh, in the first place, but it sounds like the main goal of this uh, drop was to get the Blazers under the luxury tax. It put them, I think, about $67,000 under, which would which helps them avoid the repeater and maybe helps them to extend uh, how they can hold a roster together a little bit longer in the future. Word. All right. Legend. Where's your hate mail? Where are you sending your hate, sir? Bro, can I send my hate mail to something unrelated to the sports world? Sure. Why, what you got? I'm sending my hate mail to behavior and dead by daylight hackers. Have you not seen the absolute <laughs> epidemic that has become hacking oh. in dead by daylight lately? Now I, I, I haven't yeah. got a lot of chance to play because of my new gig has just been my schedule's like crazy, but dude, like in the last 48 hours, so many, so many top streamers, spooky loops, Oats, Darva, Aaron Dukes, have all re- all released videos on YouTube about the absolute epidemic that they're going through of stream of uh, stream snipers who are then hacking, and when they hack, they take over the stream. Spooking Jukes did a stream the other day, Keith, where he was playing on his PS5, had a hacker take the game hostage, which means with the way the t- the the uh, servers time out, they they will they they won't time out for two hours. So if someone takes your game hostage, you're just there for two hours if you don't disconnect. But if you disconnect, you get penalty. You get a penalty. So he stayed yep. there. He switched to play on his PC and then got hacked on that. And another person held that game hostage. He had two games at once on two different platforms being held hostage and then went and played on his Twitch. It's just an absolute epidemic right now that's taken away from so many talented creators' ability to make content. It's wild. It's not even just limited to the top um, streams and everything, too. I'm playing in the lower bronze levels, and you'll still see names pop up where you can tell right off the bat, oh, that's not, that's, that's a bot. There's something wrong. That's not a real account. And then you see, you get into the game and this person's character is being like ragdolled, picked up and just flying around the map. 
Hacker, hundred uh, percent. Complete. There's not. They're not even hiding it. It's, there's no doubt. All right, my hate mail for the week should be obvious. Uh, it's going to going to Sarver. Uh, the NBA has banned <laughs> Robert. Now Sarver. I feel bad for not taking that one. <laughs> Baxter Holmes released an article a little over a year ago that started an investigation that resulted in Sarver being banned for a year, $10 million fine. Many of us have felt that's not enough. The conversation grew quickly. You heard LeBron James, you heard Chris Paul and a couple other players sound off on it. The Phoenix Suns uh, minority ownership then has sounded off as well, uh, saying that he should not be welcomed back. You have seen paypal the phoenix suns jersey sponsor say that they will not continue to sponsor the team if he comes back next year and chris in the same sense that we've been talking about the wnba and the w or the nwsl sarver also owns the phoenix mercury so uh if you haven't heard if, if you've been living under a rock and just you know we didn't really say in the quick little rundown there the investigation found him guilty of many racist and sexist things harassment of men and women in the workplace uh, a lot more of a toxic workplace than we've uh, t- talked about with uh, Neil up here. But overall, all the hate mail to Sarver. Hopefully he doesn't come back. I, I really, at this point, that don't is, think he's going to. That's the annoying part, right? What? The moves he made as a general manager, fans wanted Neil Olshay gone, right? Mm-hmm. Then the stuff came out about a, a, a toxic workplace, right? Mm-hmm. But most of the, the, the story you get of the toxic workplace with Neil was just Neil kind of being an asshole, right? Yeah, yeah. It wasn't Neil dropping N-bombs. Right, multiple times over decades. It wasn't Neil Olshay pantsing employees. Well, it wasn't passing around pictures of women at, at office conferences. Right, it wasn't Neil Olshay post, uh, show, uh, sharing explicit photos. It wasn't Neil Olshay showing his junk to people. It wasn't Neil Olshay being misogynistic. Telling a woman that she couldn't have the job because she was pregnant. Or it was Neil Olshay just being a, just kind of just being a jackass, being kind of rude. I'm not trying to defend Neil Olshay, okay? But what Neil Olshay did and what Robert Sarver have done are two different freaking things. And Completely. one of those guys lost his job because of it, and it isn't the one you think. But you know what the difference is? Ownership versus GM. And, and uh, so when Adam Silver had his presser about this, uh, gosh, I cannot remember exactly who it was that asked the question, but someone had, uh, so, someone put it together, someone had the gall to kind of ask, why does this not apply? Anyone else that was accused of these things and found to be, had it found to be truthful and accurate would lose their job. Why is this different? And Silver kind of said what you're not supposed to say, where he basically said there's different rules for ownership. You have different rights as an owner than the rest of us do. And yeah, man, I, I think that, honestly, hearing Adam Silver say that, and the NBA did try and walk it back with a statement later, but we all heard it. I, I think, honestly, that has been a lot of what has incensed this to the point where it hasn't gone away, and then you've had things like PayPal uh, say they don't want to be involved, and you had the other ownership. Draymond Green asked for the the league owners to uh, to vote on uh, removing Sarver, because he was even saying, if, if the league owners will vote, we'll find out who voted to keep Sarver, and then we'll know who the who the other racists and sexists are. Draymond kind of put his money where his mouth is. Draymond said with his chest, man. Yeah, yeah he, he said did. it loud. He basically called it out. Um, and he's right, too. And the he... thing that he mentioned, too, like what he's mentioning as far as we want to know, we want transparency. We want to know the votes. And if people are going to support Sarver, we want to know who. I, it's, it's a lot of fire. I don't think it's going to be something the owners go for. But again, if that is being brought up, how does he come back? Spoiler alert, he doesn't. Right after we recorded this week, Robert Sarver put out a statement. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'll just skip the douchey parts here. In our current unforgiving climate, it has become painfully clear that it is no longer possible. Whatever good I have done or could still do... Okay, some of the douchey parts. Whatever good I have done or could still do is outweighed by things I have said in the past. For those reasons, I am beginning the process of seeking buyers for the Suns and Mercury. So there you have it, folks. A victory for morality and the values that we want our league to uphold. We'll probably talk about this more next week. Like, I don't care if I get heat for this because I know so many players, so many people in this fan base want to on this guy for some reason. But like Myers Leonard, right? You and I have talked about this before. I'm a huge Myers Leonard defender. What he said was awful, Mm -hmm. but he didn't release some just blanket statement and call it good. Like he took the time to realize, wow, what I did 
was not good. I think he genuinely didn't know the racist connotations behind that. I did not, if it wasn't for the movie Porky's, because I was a teenager who wanted to watch a movie that had boobs in it. Like, come on, right? So I honestly don't think he did. And when he realized what he said was hurtful, he didn't just release a, a statement and call it good or say that I've grown from it. He took the time to go work in the Jewish community. He invested, yeah. Invested to invest in his, his own time to help repair the damage he did to an entire community of people and learn from his mistake and was forgiven by the community he hurt the most. Yet fan doesn't want to forgive him because you want to play holier than thou to tell everyone who should be offended by what somebody said, right? But here's a guy who made a here's a guy who made a mistake and genuinely tried to learn from it. Sarver by saying, Oh, I did this and I learned from it. Bullshit. Learned from it. I mean, he your paper trail goes back like two decades, dude. <laughs> if your paper trail goes back that far, you aren't learning from anything. Right. Yeah. You aren't, you haven't learned anything. You haven't done anything except release a statement that says, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I wish I would have done it differently. Please forgive me so I don't lose money. <laughs> like that, that's what annoys me. It annoys me that you worry about this blowing over. Right. And it very well could be. But Myers Lender still doesn't have a job, despite him actually genuinely trying to learn from a mistake he made. How many other athletes have done that? Dude, uh, Anthony Edwards, just a little while ago, maybe a week or so ago, he made some homophobic comments on some little TikTok or Instagram video. People called him out. He had a very generic, very cliche, oops, my bad, I apologize for anyone right? I offended. Yeah. And, and so does he, go in, does he go into the LGBTQ community and face the people that he hurt right off the bat and try to learn from that mistake? I, I have because is it, is, is it perfectly is it perfectly understandable for a what twenty year old to make to to say gay nonchalantly or make a comment like that without even thinking twice about it? Is that understandable? Absolutely, yeah. yeah it's it understandable it's for a, for a in. dumb kid a dumb kid to say dumb stuff. But just you just release a statement and then move on. No, go work with the community. Go yeah. work with the community you hurt. Because again, if he. If he went and, and started to go work with a, the whatever LGBTQ community they have there in Minnesota that he could work with and apologizes to them and then goes does some volunteer work with them and tries to learn from that mistake, he'd be praised for it. But Myers isn't. And it just blows my mind. It just blows yeah. my mind. It's crazy. It, yeah. and, and it just goes to the thing. like Some things get blown over and other things don't. Zach Lowe had a quote um, on on NBA Today when he was when they were talking about this. He said, "If because Mark Cuban has said, oh, it's a slippery slope to start trying to eject owners for these kind of things." And Zach Lowe's response was, "If the if the slope isn't slippery enough to get Sarver out of the league for this, then the slope's not slippery enough." And yeah, it, yeah. It, it shouldn't be this hard. I did agree with kind of one thing Silver said, and that was that you have to take every incident that happens on an individual basis. And you, you can't draw a line in the sand because then you fear that every owner or every person will get as close to that line as possible without going over. Right, right. And I found that to be a true statement. Um, but at the same time, I do think you, ha you, can, you, can, you can have a line of morality where you go, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. what you did was obviously over said line. Again, and that's where the whole, like I said, the Myers thing comes in. Because you know the difference between Myers and Sarver is one of those guys is a billionaire whose investment makes the league money the other is not easy scapegoat versus someone who has a different set of rights uh, as we talked about already it's no different it's no different than kevin durant saying some of the most vile <laughs> to freaking michael rapaport in the dms right, right yeah we and that blowing that. over because talent trumps all and because you're kevin durant you get a pass he said some horrible things and they're like, ah, oh, it's KD just blowing off steam. Yeah. Right. It's ridiculous. So again, like I said, if you guys want to give me heat on discord, give me heat. I will, <laughs> I will continue to defend Myers Leonard until he proves otherwise. I mean, I've gone off the rails here and again, I'm sorry <laughs> that I know fans don't hey. like that. I always, always bring up Myers. Don't worry. Don't come no. on. It just, listen, it listen, just... listen, Chris. If you you have you have multiple other jobs now, uh, radio <laughs> spots where you've got to make sure you are not going off the rails. You got to keep it clean and professional. Here is your your safe space, sir. Go. This off is where the rails. I get to I get to cuss, and you just get to use that Nino drop. I'm using. Yeah, this is gonna be so many Ninos. Your girls are making appearances all over this pod. So let's talk some Blazers, um, though. Oh, <laughs> we're gonna do that today. <laughs> you want to? You, you got a you got a minute more? You want to move on? We got a, a few quick things to cover, and we'll get out of here.
let's time let's hit is on my side. Yes, it is. <laughs> Nurk at Eurobasket. I want to hit on this. I know it happened a little while ago, but just for the quick overview, impressive stats uh, and an impressive start for Bosnia Herzegovina. Uh, the Her Bosnia Herzegovina. I'm gonna get this right. Bosnia Herzegovina. Impressive start for the Bosnia Herzegovina Dragons, which I. <laughs> love that they have a team named dragons i'm so mad that we don't have a team named dragons over here i would definitely cheer for the portland dragons nurk played really impressively the the dragons upset france in a qualifier leading up to the to the eurobasket tournament then i guess there was some sort of concern about the team not actually having the funds or the country uh bosnia herzegovina having the, the funds to actually send the team to eurobasket they made it there, though. They had some good games at the start, but then losses to Germany, France, and Lithuania ended the run. Even after the run, Nurk, again, um, bringing up kind of funding and maybe kind of the, the resources that they had. Nurk mentioned kind of, you know, in a little bit of complaint uh, after the loss against Lithuania that they had four players sleeping in one bed. So how are they supposed to get rested and, and you know, recuperate and all this? You know, obviously, it's it's a whole other set of issues and problems than, than what you have over here. Uh, in the NBA and in Portland specifically, but how much of the good stuff that we saw from Nurk, how much of the play where we saw him going off, leading a team as the number one option and upsetting, just dunking all over Rudy, hitting threes from deep. <laughs> uh, how much of that do we see carry over here when obviously he's going to have a smaller role? Very little of that's going to cross over. It's a different game. Shorter three-point line, different, mm. different rules with how people can defend. It's just a much different game. I've said this before. I'm going to say this again. The best nurk that blazer can blazers can get this year would be a fourth scoring option who dominates more in ball handling who uses his abilities as a passing center to really really navigate and control the offense i would love to see him maybe take a little bit of a dip in points uh and and get more rebounds and get more assists and i think that's where he's going to be the most valuable and I've said this before about Nurk, I don't think he cares about how many points he's scoring. I think if he sees the result of what he's doing, I think he's going to be just fine. He just wants totally to agree. feel as if he's part of, of what's actually going on. So I don't think you're going to see Nurk going, oh, I did really good at Eurobasket, so I need to be the number one option, or I need to be the number two option. Like I, I think Nurk understands where he sits. Um, but if anything, Nurk show, or uh, Eurobasket showed you how explosive he can be when he wants to be. Um, showed you that he can extend his range a little bit if he needs to. Uh, you're not going to have to rely on him to take threes, but I don't think you're going to be upset if he does take. Uh, but no, you don't want Nurk to, to be your number one option. I love Nurk to death. You guys know I've defended Nurk multiple times, but it just you don't want him to be your number one option. You're in trouble if he's your number one option. He's not Nikola Jokic. So right. no, I don't know how much of that's going to cross over. Um, but I think what might cross over is just a little bit of a confidence build, knowing that he can shoulder that load if he does need to. So mm. maybe maybe Dame's having an off night and Jeremy Grant's having an off night and they, they need Nurk to step up. And, and then maybe he does step up. He does that. So uh, that's what I want to see. That, that, yeah. That's what I want to see from Nurk. Yeah, the, the confidence to kind of go from being the fourth option to the second option on a night when it's called for kind of thing. The confidence yeah. is, as well as kind of the, I think the focus. Because I, I feel like something we've seen before with Nurk here is uh, getting frustrated when the game's not going well uh, and, you know, starts getting like the, the fouls collected up quickly and then he gets basically, he plays himself out of the game. I didn't see a lot of that over there. I, I feel like, you know, you, you had a lot more where he was he was able to kind of maybe get get it a little more measured and similar to what you're saying where if he could drop the points a little, focus more on the, the boards and the assists, the playmaking side of things, uh, we have a team now around him that is much more set up to get wins in that situation. We don't need Nurk to think yeah. he has to score. We have other dudes that can do the scoring, keep Nurk as that fourth option, keep him as the, the facilitating big, like you're saying, and and yeah, have success on it where maybe he won't be won't be as frustrated seeing the results. Yeah. Also the I think I think the U US is a little unique in the fact that the, the NBA is the the pinnacle. Like the NBA mm. is the top of the mountain. I think for a lot of those other countries, no, the the top of the mountain getting a chance to represent your country. But I right. think it's why you see a lot of those players locked in a little bit more. Those games mean so much as a chance to represent where they're from, represent their color, right? Uh, I don't know if you get that in, uh, with the U.S. basketball team as much as you do perhaps maybe other U.S. team sports. Um, but no, mm. so, so I think that, that counts into his locked inness. He did look good, though, man. He looked pretty good in some of those games, man. Some big dunks, some big plays, and it was, it was fun. Fun, uh, 
fun turning to watch, even if it was at like 5 a.m. half the time. Let's take some listener questions. Listeners, if you want to submit some listener questions, you got to come and join the Discord. Lots of reasons like we've talked about, live episodes, all sorts of banter, crazy uh, swag giveaways, the third bench chat. Uh, we have our, our poker chat as well. We have several other podcast groups in there. We've got the Rip City Alliance coming together. And more now than ever, we have Chris Burkhart, the exclusive insider with Rip City Radio and Courtside Mondays. Courtside is dead. Long live Courtside Mondays. Uh, oh, I see what you did there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, see, you can see where it's going. But if you want to ask listener questions, you have to get on Discord. So let's take some listener questions. First two questions we have up tonight from our guy, BMAC, Mac Deuce on Discord. Hey! First thing he asks about is the NBA expansion, which we will be hearing more about hopefully soon in the next couple of weeks and have a little more to report on. But if the NBA were to expand, Chris, which eight players on the Blazers roster do you protect? Who are your eight players? Uh, I'm yeah, definitely protecting yeah. Dame. I'm, I'm like, da- Dame, is, Dame, Dame is locked in. You're locking in Simons. You're locking in Little. You're locking in Nurkic. So that's four. Jeremy Grant, uh, Gary Payton, I have questions on. Josh Hart, too, because of the contracts. That's three dudes that, if we're if we're talking about building a roster and locking them in, I'd like to know that we have them past this season. By Is Gary, pa- Gary Payton not... What's his contract? He's a, mul- he's a multi-year deal. Two-year deal with a third-year option. Oh, it's oh it's two and a third. Okay. Because Josh Hart has got one left and a, and, a, and a player option, right? And then Jeremy Grant is just on one. So do you protect Jeremy Grant? And just, just assuming we're working the deal out kind of thing. Uh, you protect Jeremy Grant because you're not even worried about assuming working out a deal. You're wor- you're looking at your possible uh, assets that you have in the future should you want to trade this guy come trade deadline. You don't want to get a guy who is a starting caliber uh, power forward going into a contract here. Maybe a team, uh, if you're an expanded team, you're going to want to pick that up in a minute because then you're just going to e- be able to re-sign him. You have your star player. Um, right, as right. If you're Portland, again, $20 million expiring deal, uh, it becomes good trade fodder. So you said you could protect eight players, I believe it was. And in, in, so, uh, yeah, Dame and Penny. I'm going to protect Jeremy for the tra- for, for, for the, the trade. Shut up. For the trade value. <laughs> I'm probably going to protect Nasir for some trade value as well. I'm going to protect Josh Hart for some trade value. I'm going to protect Nurkic. Okay. So, so then, we, got the, uh, we got the starting five locked up in Josh yeah, Hart. So then, so then Ant, did I say Gary Payton? You didn't say Payton, yes. That would be seven. So Ant and Payton. And then the last one I'm going to protect there then. Um, oh, man. You know, I'm probably just going to have to protect Jaden Sharp. Just because, yeah, uh, that's be, what, be, yeah. Being a high number one. Not number one, but your first round draft pick. A lot of potential there in high praise. So, you know, that leaves... Watford and Brown, right? Those guys are going to be available. Maybe not be picked, but that's who I'd protect. I can already hear BMAX tears because we didn't protect Watford. Uh, we didn't protect <laughs> Jabari Walker. Yeah, I'm with you, though. The starting five, Dame, Penny, Nas, Jeremy Grant, Yusuf Nurkic. And again, if, if yeah, with the contract stuff we're talking about, Josh Hart, Gary Payton, Shaden Sharp seem like pretty obvious picks. I don't think you can put Watford... Uh, yeah, I don't think you can put no, Watford or Walker guys. over no, any of those, those guys. guys. None of those guys need to be protected because A, the chances of them being picked, they're pretty low. B, they don't right, offer right, right. A, tra- a, a ton of trade flexibility, and that's what you kind of want to protect here. here. If you're a team like Horton, you want to you want to protect some, uh, some trade flexibility. So, yep, those guys. And yeah, then, in the, I mean, if you're an expansion team, you didn't, you didn't protect Justice Winslow. So, like, if I'm an expansion team looking at what other people protected, like, Justice Winslow is probably a pretty good candidate to be selected by an expansion yeah. team. Um, but I'm not upset if I look at that. So. No, yeah, I'm with you. I, same same That's eight. what I'd protect. All right, BMAC's next hey. question was uh, regarding the in-season tourney. What should it look like and what should the prize be? So for anyone who's not kept up on the details, uh, it's basically it's going to work the same way that cup play works kind of in MLS and NWSL. And also the... WNBA had the Commissioner's Cup. I think was it just this last season that they started that, or I don't remember. It, it's it's coming recently. But it was it wasn't this last season. It's it's more recent. But they're just gonna be playing uh, right games as, as it goes, like regular games. Uh, and the first, the eight teams with the best records through uh, through the November games. 
will advance to a single elimination tournament in December. So again, these will just be the normal games on the NBA schedule. They just kind of have this extra little uh, point system attached to it. So all the games through November, you see who, what the, who the best eight teams are. Then those eight teams in December, you're, you're still just, I, I mean, I guess, yeah, you're still just kind of adding up a, a point system and there will be, I think, one extra game between, uh, or one extra game to determine the winner at the end. So one, uh, two teams will play 83 games this regular season instead of 82. Is that about your understanding of it as well? Sure. I'll trust you. <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a nice idea. I, I don't think I've really heard them nail down yet what the prize is going to be. Uh, they've, I think, mentioned, you know, a million dollars to each player on the winning team. Uh, I don't think you can really do things like any sort of draft pick uh, uh, value because that's, you know, again, I mean, on one hand, players aren't going to really want to be playing for draft picks. They can come in and replace them. And like, there's just already a whole system around the draft. I don't know what you can do other than pay these players for the tournament, but I don't know if a million dollars really gets a whole lot of incentive. for. Yeah, I don't think a million dollar moves the needle for Dame, but a million dollars moves the needle for Trenton Watford. Yeah, that's fair. But I mean, again, if we're talking about, but these are just going to be the regular season games with a little, like a little kind of a a side tally going on, on how you do in the November December games. I think it would be cool, honestly, to make it, a little more incentive for the team is like say that the winner of the tournament or whatever gets a five games added to their win loss column just for the hell of it and the team the team that finishes second gets three games tim's team that finishes third gets an extra game so that at the end of the year maybe the difference between the fourth and fifth place team is a half a game but the team that finished in fifth place finished in third buffer, place in the tournament so they get that okay. extra game which gives them the bump up so they get fourth or maybe or you say just you're give... trying to avoid the playing tournament if you if you exactly won this, uh, this early or maybe you give just a, just you know maybe you don't uh honor the first three you just give the, the team who wins it gets a extra two games or something sure, added to their sure. win-loss record and so i think there'd be kind of something cool like that that's so interesting that the, not only does it so you have a tournament where there's some financial implications to the team that wins but there's also playoff implications at the end of the year because the how you that's did actually in that really interesting could factor the standing in, into the fa- uh, standings at the end of the year i don't know i literally just thought of that as i said it so it could Dude, be that, a that's a great failure, idea but though. i think it'd be kind of fun i mean i'm trying to think of how are you gonna have any issue because one team has i mean no because i guess it, there could be some issue with tiebreakers since one team is going to have kind of different uh uh, total games when you're breaking down percentage of yeah. I mean but no I, I don't know man that, that's pretty nice but even I that maybe like you that. could factor that into a tiebreaker like yeah you have head yeah, to head then you have division like tied head to head then division record or something maybe you could just go we have a three-way tie at sixth place and the tiebreaker is where you finished in the playoff uh mid-season play or playoff tourney or mid-season tourney there you go and you look in at the tourney, tourney you're like well Blazers finished sixth Lakers finish eighth, Timberwolves finish ninth. So that tie is broken. It's Laker or Blazers, Lakers, then Timberwolves, and the tie is broken by where you finished in that tournament. Something like that gives us just a little bit of value to that tournament outside of money. And I think Dame might play a little bit harder if he knows that where they place in that tournament tournament could drastically impact what their standing is at the end of the season. And and again, this isn't something where uh players and or teams have to take time away from the regular schedule is it's just gonna be like you're saying if it was for the tiebreaker or anything like that you're looking back at how these teams played in the first month or two months of basketball like from from yeah uh season opener till december is essentially when they're looking at for, for these games and so yeah if you're coming down and having a look at the tiebreaker or like we said earlier uh i kind of like the idea of just adding the win adding something to the win loss column but you're just looking back at how the team started the year that should have value you know not not every team is gonna you know, do as well in the beginning. We've already talked about the schedule uh, last pod a month ago, and we're talking about how we face a couple teams several times right in the beginning, and then you're not going to face them again all the all the rest of the year. So, yeah, th- th- it has value to play to play well throughout the season, not kind of like cash these first games in. I like it. I like where this is going. How many wins do you think you'd have to add to really make it worthwhile? If you're going to like that first idea you had about like plus two or plus three wins for the winner, you think three is a good number? Like that shifts it enough? without going crazy i mean miami finished in third place 
or excuse me, Miami finished in first place in the Eastern Conference last year. Mm-hmm. Um, the second, the third, the fourth place team were two games behind. Wow, so two games so, can make a difference, yeah. So a three-game buffer could make a difference. Toronto was five games behind. So again, a five-game buffer could make a huge difference. It wouldn't have made a difference in the Western Conference where uh, Phoenix had an eight-game lead. But at the same time, Memphis finished second. Golden State was three games behind them. Dallas was four games behind them. That's a huge... That that could, that could say Dallas won the tournament and won five games added to their record. That would have vaulted Dallas to second place. You look at Utah, who finished uh, in fifth. They had uh, 15 games behind. Denver was a game behind them. Minnesota was three games behind them. So again, like it, so depending on where you're at, it could drastically alter your standings even change, three yeah. games. So I, I think and the, the playing like, teams were all pretty close too, right? Those records were all within, I think, a couple games at the end of the season as well. Like at the, at the bottom, at the bottom side, I mean, San Antonio was uh, 30 games behind. Los Angeles was 31. Sacramento was yeah. 34. So say Sacramento miraculously won that tournament, had five games added to their 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 overall win record just for the hell of it. They vault those two teams and they're into the play-in. So That's I don't know. Crazy. Like I said, yeah. I don't know exactly what the number is, but I think something like that could definitely. Yeah. Or maybe the win-loss is a point system akin to soccer and where you place in the tournament is worth X amount of points. Like if you're a top six team, then you get a points. Everyone else doesn't. Like something mm. like that I think I think could I think could factor in and like I said, maybe give a little a little bit of value to that tournament so that it's not just money. Cause I don't know if money is the motivational factor. Motivating the guys with money is uh, again. We, there's such a disparity between the NBA con uh, between the NBA contracts. It just it seems like it's going to be a, a tough one to kind of lock in an incentive for everybody on the, in that way. But you know what the NBA is going to do? There's going to be there, there's going to be a tournament, right? And then the season after the very first tournament, come about August. You're going to see Twitter light up when it's like the trailblazers have unleashed their tournament edition jerseys. Oh, it's my like, God. oh, fuck you, Nike. God dang it. <laughs> like, you know, that's you know, that's yeah, going to yeah. happen. Oh, you my know, God, it's yeah. going to happen. Final question here from Dimad. Yeah, from KJ over on our Discord. So again, listeners, if you want to get involved with the podcast, with the third bench, with other podcasts, Talking to Chris, getting on, getting on the inside of the exclusive information he's bringing us uh, from Media Day coming up. Excuse Come and join the Discord. Question from Dimad: What happened with the whole Curry thing? The assistant coach, not the player. Thank you for clarifying. I'm pretty sure we knew where you're going with that. I don't really know, Chris, what happened here. Uh, what he is referring to, listeners, if you are also unaware, is uh, Adnisha Curry, assistant coach for the Blazers last season who seemed to have good rapport with the players, who Chauncey Billups always seemed to have good things to say about her. She was uh, getting other coaching opportunities in, in uh, uh, other other events in the offseason. Everything seemed to be going well, seemed well like she has been let go by the Blazers, and there wasn't a whole lot said about it. It was just a very kind of bland statement that the two sides have decided to part ways. Uh, and of course, that leads Rip City to uh, go into conspiracy mode, pull up the tinfoil hats and start to say, oh, what could have gone wrong behind the scenes with Anisha Curry and all this? And, you know, uh, so, yeah, here's the time for your exclusive insider access, Chris. What's uh, what's the what's the big deal? With, all right, uh, so Curry I'm breaking go? some news here. Breaking <laughs> news. You guys are going to be blown away when I release this because nobody knows it yet. But the reason that the Blazers let her go is... Sometimes people just move on. No, it can't sometimes, be that. Oh. Sometimes it doesn't work out. I will tell you this. I, a lot of the times when these type of things happen, I, I have heard plenty that behind the scenes, this was happening, that was happening, blah, blah, blah. It has been all quiet, all quiet from Blazers camp. I think this might've just been a situation where, uh, it felt good, felt like a good relationship. You started it out. Chauncey had her in there. And then you realize that maybe what her knowledge base was, wasn't what you wanted to bring to the table. I don't necessarily think it means she was bad. It's just, maybe you wanted no. someone who specialized in something a little bit different. Um, maybe she just wasn't a mesh with the locker room or a mess with the coaching staff. Uh, but she, it just she seemed all, to, every- she seemed to really have a, a, a side that would seem to be player development wise. She did a lot of uh, mm-hmm. work with the younger guys from what I'd heard. Uh, maybe uh-huh. it's, it's it could be as simple as the Blazers just saying, "Hey, you know what? Next year we're getting away from development. We're going for more of this thing, and we just need some need someone else in here." 
Yep. And and so that's all I think. That, that, yeah. That's all I think. I think this was just kind of a mutual parting. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we hear more down the line. But again, everything's been pretty quiet. I just think this was a they they he hired his coaching staff, his very first co- coaching staff, and he found a little a couple holes in there where it just wasn't working out. And so you move on and you fill it in with someone else. And again, it happens. You got to remember. Mm-hmm. I mean, Terry Stotts lost lost uh, Jay Chiriano, right? And then Jay yep, Chiriano yep. jumped around a little bit. Obviously, lost Monty Williams, lost a couple other guys. Uh, and yes, they went on to be head coaches for various reasons. I believe Curry was coaching her national team, right? The, uh, the, the national yeah. men's team. So she had a couple other obligations as well. Um, and maybe she was just seeing that the balance between what she was doing with the NBA versus her national team was just a little too much. Maybe she wanted to focus on the national team a little bit, which could very, very well be a thing. Um, maybe there's just, again, I, I, I think this one just came down to you know, we're going to give this coaching staff a chance and it just, it just didn't mesh the way we wanted it to. So rather than try to fit a you know square peg into a round hole, we're just going to move on and, and see what the next thing is. And again, I picked on you on our discord earlier for wearing your tinfoil <laughs> hat and trying to find the conspiracy theory and everything. And I know some people are here. I just, I just honestly, I just, I just don't, don't think there is one. I just think, I just think it was a mutual parting and it happens. The good news is, uh, timing-wise today, we have had an announcement from the Blazers announcing uh, updates to the basketball operations staff, including uh, the hiring of Jonah Herskew, I believe is the how you say the last name? Herskew? I, I don't know if that's exactly it. But he has been an assistant coach uh, coming up from Sacramento. He's been there the last couple of years. He worked, uh, he's been a, a player development assistant and assistant video coordinator. He arrives in Portland with 14 years of experience in the NBA, G League, and WNBA. And it sounds like he is kind of lined up to be the next assistant coach, essentially Anisha Curry's uh, uh, replacement here. So we have that gap filled. We have several other additions as far as scouting, which you and I have talked about, Chris. And Cronin has mentioned he really wants to bump up the scouting and specifically international scouting for the Blazers. Uh, But that will include... Tina Thompson, WNBA uh, Hall of Famer, uh, All-Star, and champion. So it's, again, cool to kind of get maybe a little more recognizable name notoriety up here for Portland. And, and uh, also just to get more, uh, more of the scouting going. So, you know, building for the future. Word. All right, listeners. If you've been here this long, you've earned some story time with Papa Chris. Chris, anything on your mind right now? Yeah, man, I want to go back to our Discord real quick. So we were talking about the way that the team could improve the roster. Obviously, as we move forward, the gap, the the weak point is still starting uh, a small forward. Two things here. First off, uh, I'd love, absolutely love, when the Discord starts posing questions and I bring facts to the table and everyone's like, whoa, I don't know about that. Like happened with this whole Josh Hart thing. Everyone wanted to argue. I don't know if Josh Hart is really a three. Could he be, dude, the, the only time in his entire career that Josh Hart has not played a majority of his minutes at small forward was the half a season he played with the Trouble. <laughs> Even his rookie year in LA, he played over 30% of his minutes with or at small forward. I mean, that was a large chunk of his minutes. A large chunk of his minutes. I think it's even like uh, 40 yeah, he, then he yeah. went to 40. He played it. There was a time there in New Orleans. Well, New Orleans was bad. Yeah, so were the Blazers last year, okay? And he played it. <laughs> there was a time in New Orleans that, that prior to the trade, he was playing like 80% of his minutes as small forward. Josh, Harber, Josh Hart can definitely play small forward, so get out of here with him playing out of position. Secondly, if we do want to improve that, that small forward position, then you Blazer fans need to come to the realization that the best trade trip they have to improve the roster is penny there's your one sign hey okay that's the one avenue to improve the team now our friend t blaze dude uh, yeah commented that you know tell me one team that has a significant small (laughs) forward that would want to have a you know shooting guard who has a high volume blah 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 that's neither here nor there. <laughs> for the record, for the record, can can you name a team with a game-changing SF that wants an undersized volume shooting guard? I like Penny, but wings are a lot rarer than sharp shooting guards. Now, that is true. Like, like wings who play both sides are a little more rare, but that doesn't mean that it does, uh, lacks value. Because again, we had this conversation going into the season, but it's like a team like Detroit where he could play next to Cade Cunningham, he would be phenomenal. 
right there. Mm, yeah. So maybe you get that three-team trade where OG Onanobi becomes available and Detroit sends a couple assets over to Toronto. Toronto sends OG to Portland. Portland sends Ant to Detroit, right? Like, that's a, that's a viable option. But regardless of anyone being on the lookout for that type of player, you can't tell me that a 21, going to be 22-year-old shooting guard who can score more than 20 points a night, who just signed a deal that is not a bad deal at all. Some people argue he was overpaid, but still team-friendly compared to like the 30-plus million that CJ McCollum was playing. Is not, You can't tell me that that's not your best trade asset. The only asset on the team that is a better trade asset is Damian Lillard, but they're two different assets. Ooh. Ant will get you a contributor back. Like you could trade right, Ant right. and still get a starting caliber small forward in return. If you trade Dame, you've proven that you're blowing up the team and moving forward. And to do so, you're bringing in multiple first-round picks and young guys. You're not bringing an all-star in return for Dame. That would make zero sense. So the only asset that makes the most sense to bring something in return is, is Ant. And I brought this up to you prior to the show. Every, again, everyone argues he was overpaid. He was overpaid. Well, you know where that money is going to matter the most is if you decide to trade him. And now that $20 million a year becomes very, very useful when it comes to matching contracts. So does the $15 million a year from NERD. You could have paid them closer to what everyone thought was their, quote, you know, market value, which was like 15 and 12, right? And that gives you $27 million to work with. But instead, you have about $35 million if you want to trade those two guys. You have $10 million plus with Josh Hart you can move around. You have the expiring deal of Nasir Little that you could attach to, attach to that as well. So you have plenty of assets, but your biggest asset when it comes to return in value is Ant. It doesn't matter who's after that type of player or who has a, 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 the type of player that you need. No, it just doesn't matter. The best trade asset that your team has is a 21-year-old guard who can score 20-plus points a night, can dish assists, who had the best catch-and-shoot three-point percentage in the league last year, and you just locked in for multiple years. Trade value up the ass. Yeah. So say you get a, a situation where I just said, say OG Ananobi becomes available, you work on a three-team deal because Toronto doesn't really need another guard, but you find a team that does, you get a three-team deal going, you bring in OG Ananobi. You can't tell me that the Blazers' starting lineup, say it was Dame, Hart, OG, Brant, and Nurk, isn't a pretty damn good lineup. Ooh. Yeah, I'll take that. I would, I'd be down for that. Especially, you still have guys who can shoot, and you have a much improved defensive team. Yeah, and, and that's, that's the biggest part. I'm, I've been super excited about the defensive pieces we've added this offseason and what this is going to look like for us. But Chris, something else you and I touched on earlier, as much as uh, Penny is a different player than CJ was, this is still largely a an offense focused on the backcourt talent, these two backcourt players. And you are, we are going to theoretically run into a lot of the same problems we've seen before. When when the backcourt gets shut down, what else can we do? Now we do have Grant, we have other options available, so hopefully it won't be as much of an issue this year. Uh, hopefully people recognize that it's partly because of the other pieces, not just because Simons is, oh, so much, so different. And, you know, people are going to start saying Simons is better than CJ. I don't think that's the case yet. Could be eventually, but it's going to be a going to be a dialogue if, if things do work out well for us. Uh, but yeah, it's without a doubt, if, if we're going to improve the team, if we're going to make a big swing to continue building around Dame, he is the most valuable asset currently. Yep. All right. That's officially all we had on the list. So let's make it a quick exit in closing your honorable listeners. That's it. That's our show. Thank you to BMAC, thank you to Dimad, thank you to T-BlazerDude for the conversations on Discord, giving us some things to talk about in here. Thank you, Chris Burkhart. Thank you, Odar, for the fat beats. And thank you, all you listeners, for a great listening. We hope you enjoy your Blazers, your Rip City basketball. The season's right around the corner. And our latest episode, thank you again. And please come back next week for the next edition of The Trailcasters.